Hi, I'm Father Greg Cleveland with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Now that we've laid the foundation with good spiritual practices that foster good decision-making, let's look at what St. Ignatius describes as three times or ways of making choices. The first time, Ignatius says, is when God our Lord so moves and attracts the will that a devout soul without hesitation or the possibility of hesitation follows what has been manifested to it. St. Paul exemplifies this first way uh, in his dramatic conversion and instant understanding of the revelation of the person of Jesus and his immediate choice to follow him. St. Matthew is another good example from the scriptures. Jesus visits him at his customs booth and says, follow me. Matthew gets up immediately and follows Jesus. There's no doubt in his mind that this is what he's called to do. No hesitation about following Jesus. And he desires to do this so much that he couldn't even think of refusing. The first type of calling involves God's direct, clear action. Uh, This results in our certainty beyond doubt that the call is from God. Also characteristic is our immediate willingness brought about by God's grace to follow his invitation. God enlightens our minds and conditions our will to choose in true freedom to accept his invitation. Let's look at the example of Malia, uh, who had a religious experience in November of her senior year of high school. Religious life as a lifestyle had never been a consideration for her. She remembers asking out of curiosity what kind of girl could become a nun. After naming some qualifications, Sister Monica turned to Malia and said, Someone like you, you could become a sister. Malia's response was a definite and silent, No way. Malia also recalls praying intensely to God and expressing her desire to do whatever he wanted her to do, except become a nun. These were the only times the subject ever came up, and they were soon forgotten. It happened on a Sunday morning, the last day of a weekend retreat made by the seniors. Malia had stopped to make a visit in the chapel. As she began to kneel down, she experienced a powerful shock, like a lightning bolt that went straight through her from head to foot. She felt her whole being lifted up in a surging yes. She had no control over it. It was much like riding the crest of a wave. One must go with it. There were no images, no words, no arguments, no doubts, no reasoning process to make. It was decided, period. She knelt there a few seconds absorbing the impact. There was a sense of great peace and joy and direction. In fact, it was the only time she had ever experienced such certitude. Along with the call to religious life was also the name of the religious community. All that was needed for Malia was to follow through on the decision. The decision was tested many times. In the course of the year, the certitude never changed. Neither did the deep inner peace and joy. It was this certitude and deep peace that carried her through the year, enabled her to leave home, and helped her weather the homesickness and discouragement of the novitiate. For years after, Malia would feel the powerful impact of the experience whenever she recalled it. It was a gift, and she confesses that she would have never made it through those years without it. It gave her a basic joyous outlook and confidence in life, and the secure sense of being loved by God, a love that she could feel in a tangible way. 
Even in periods of difficulty and darkness, she knew God had chosen her to be his as a religious. She believes that certitude comes from the fact that essentially the decision was God's. She only freely consented to accept it, to ride along on the crest of it. Malia's experience is quite dramatic and involved the major decision of a vocational choice. Now, these instances are relatively rare, but they do happen. We might also be given the gift of absolute certitude about God's will in daily life experiences, as did St. Ignatius. In the first year after his conversion, Ignatius lived a rigorously penitential life, and among his practices was the resolve to abstain from meat. Ignatius later recounted the experience which changed this practice. While he, Ignatius, was persevering in his abstinence from eating meat and was so firm in this that he had no thought of changing, one day in the morning, when he had risen, some meat prepared for eating was represented to him, as though he saw it with his bodily eyes, without any desire for it beforehand. At the same time, there came to him a great assent of the will that from then on he should eat it. And although he remembered his former intention, he could not doubt the matter, but resolved that he ought to eat meat. Relating this afterward to his confessor, the confessor told him that he should consider whether this might not be a temptation. But examining it well, he could never doubt about this. In this experience, something is shown to Ignatius that God does not want him to continue in this specific penitential practice. In the same moment, Ignatius's will is strongly drawn to what is shown him. There came to him a great assent to the will that from then on he should eat it. And Ignatius simply cannot doubt that what is shown him is God's will. And although he remembered his former intention, he could not doubt about the matter. But he, examining it well, could never doubt about this. So some questions to ask about this first time or way of God calling. Uh, what specifically is being shown to the person? Was it like with Malia, both a calling to religious life and a precise religious community? In the experience, what specifically did God show to the one discerning? Next, uh, was there a clear attraction and drawing of the will toward what was shown? As in the case of Ignatius, a great assent of the will. As with Malia, a surging yes. Was it truly impossible for the person to doubt that this discernment was of God? Like Ignatius, who could never doubt his discernment about a penitential practice, or like Malia, whose discernment could not be doubted through all the vicissitudes of life. Has the one discerning spoken with a spiritual guide or trusted friend about the experience? For Ignatius' discernment, uh, even according to this first mode, is never done in isolation. And finally, has the recipient of this gift acted upon it? In our next conference, we'll look at two other ways in which God reveals his will for our lives.